Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. This is Maddie Kay. And John, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are still soldiering through, hoping... Um, you guys and and myself as well hopefully john you and your family are doing this it's important to adhere to a regular schedule it will be very easy in the coming weeks to spend the entire day in your pajamas Um, yeah i mean i think your statement soldiering through applies to a very small minority of the population i think weeping through is more (laughs) accurate yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of whining and complaining, and uh, I can't go see a movie in the theater. I mean, you know, life is the, it's the best. It. It's the best way to pass the hours is complain. Yep. Incessantly. Exactly. Exactly. And worry. <laughs> Sit there and 
you should sit on worries, the edge of, it worries your friend just worry every keep checking social media i would say every five minutes for more coronavirus updates to ramp up the anxiety well what i like to do is um i carry a lysol bottle with me you know like the thing that kills 99.99 percent of the yeah. bacteria and viruses yeah. Yeah. and i spray people with it right. <laughs> right that's my that's my social distancing don't spray yourself spray other people with it just give them a <laughs> shot with it you know just hey ted yeah, how it's, you a doing? Shot. it's a quick it's a quick wake me up yeah there you go um one thing that was i, I was a couple of minutes delayed getting on this podcast because uh I was trying to change the vacuum cleaner bag, which... Ooh, that could be a tough one. Well, the the full-size vacuum cleaner is fine. I got an... I think it's an Auric. Uh, It was expensive, but I've learned to just buy things that are more expensive, that are of better quality. This is after buying two yard guard... I think they were called yard. I don't know if it was yard guard or law. I don't know what it was. Two lawnmowers that both they were cheap, and consequently both crapped out on me. So I finally bought a Toro. I spent more money, got a Toro. Um, so the, the Auric is pretty easy to empty. The other one it was a Dirt Devil. Oh my God! Trying to change the bag on it, <laughs> like I, I just—it was ridiculous. I mean, I was getting so. Well, the Auric doesn't even have a bag. It just has a container. You just empty that. Wonderful. Just detach it. Boom. Done. This. Uh, thing, you should. You should have. Fil- you should have filmed this. Uh, and you should have filmed you trying to change it. Yeah, the, and the other one in uh, New Hampshire trying to change that one. I don't know who designed this thing. It's. It's like you have a Subaru, right? An Outback. Y- yeah, I do. Yeah. Have you changed the clock in that? Yes. I had to go on YouTube and find a video to figure out how to do that because it, it's ludicrous. Like, it, the, the things you have to do with... There's nothing in the instruction manual to tell you how to do it. Yeah, no, it's not uh, It's not intuitive. It's No. But I'm actually, pr- I'm actually pretty good at that stuff. Like, trying to just figure it out. I change all the clocks. Like, my parents' car, they have no idea. It's... Once you do it once... You know how to do it, but it's not intuitive. You know what really surprised me? I was complaining about this in school, and the student said, well, just find a, go on YouTube. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, go on YouTube and type in changing the clock on a 2018 Subaru Outback. I'm like, what? So there's a YouTube Yeah, and there video. it is. There's, I bet you there's like 10 videos. 55,000 people have watched this video. Which made yeah. me feel a lot better that I wasn't the only one who couldn't figure this out. Um, and I com- have a, um, I have a watch that I gave my my father, and it's like a Citizen Eco Drive watch that I bought maybe like twenty years ago, and it, it it keeps like precise time, but it does so like with radio towers, and it wasn't picking up the signal. So it's very, very difficult to change the time to override that function. Sure enough, I go on to, I was like, this is not going to be on YouTube for this model. Sure enough. It was only one video, but sure enough, it was there. I know. It's amazing. And it was, it was very complicated. Like yeah. it was like a 15 step process to change the time <laughs> <laughs> on a watch. Cause you have nothing else to do. <laughs> well, know, well, well the, do. the watch is when the watch works, it just automatically syncs up to the radio tower and yeah. 
changes the tire by itself. But for some reason, it wasn't doing that. And to override it was like, I felt like I was like in a nuclear reactor, like trying to... Ugh. Speaking of time, some kids really have trouble and some kids can't do it. Telling the time on like a, a regular analog clock, like it doesn't make sense to them. They're just, oh, really? Yeah, they're used to looking at their phones. You know, like, yeah. I've had kids in a classroom be like, what time is it? And I'm like, there's a clock right there. And the kid's like, I, I don't know how to read that one. Like, really? What? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the five, the... The, the, the huh. hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't, they That's don't. crazy. Yeah. But I thought, well, I guess everything you look at is digital, so... Um, something else to worry about, and that's uh, that's our topic today. I think pretty apropos of this time right now, I when I... When we came up with this and I did some research, this was like two weeks ago. So this was sort of a blip on the radar, the coronavirus. Oh, and, oh we were in uh, we were in fantasy land two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I was calling it a hoax. I was dismissing all of the science, which is what I did. Yeah, Matt was uh, kissing and hugging everyone, yeah. touching everything as a joke. Trying to get a good old <laughs> pig pile going. <laughs> you know, let's, let's get a good old pig pile going. Uh but you know oh are you speaking of which are you still going to the bahamas uh i don't know i it's still when is your when is your trip april 20th 21st something like that no you're not going to you Uh, you are categorically not going i'm not worried about going i'm worried about getting back that would be the issue i don't think you're going to have any issue getting back i think the issue is is if you go there and you either you have it when you're on the flight or you get it when you're there. If you get it when you're there, you're going to have a big problem coming back. Why would I? Or get you're going to have the... to be, ho- or you're going to be hospitalized there. Yeah, but why would I get it in the Bahamas as opposed to getting it here? Like, I mean, what what's the difference? They're not yeah, look susceptible. Yeah, but but who? True, I think there are less cases down in the Bahamas, but. You're, you'd then be in that medical system as opposed to this medical system. And who, know, who knows? Maybe the, it's less crowded there. Maybe it's a win. Who knows? Well, no, I mean, the State Department said you can't be traveling abroad. I mean, they're discouraging this. So I would be worried. I, I would be worried about coming back. I mean, I'd be worried about getting quarantined. I'd be worried about even getting flights because, I mean, there are a lot of people stranded uh, overseas right now yeah so i mean well, some i think the, i think they i think the state department has told everyone to come back like you can come back and they quarantine you there's like six airports you can go into or just to hunker down right but if i left on april 20th I, yeah that would be <laughs> right. a big f you to the state department. right right and coming back i mean if something happens uh yeah and i hate to give in to that but the other pre- i don't know if jet is even going to be flying there Well, well, the other thing is that you don't even know if like your the school schedule is going to eat into that vacation time. They might just blow that out. We don't know. Uh, I mean, like if if you go back like April 15th or April 17th, there's going to be no vacation. Well, I don't know. Up in Massachusetts, that's all kind of union things and whatnot. Plus, a lot of people have already planned stuff. I was thinking about that myself, and then I thought, there's probably a lot of families who have planned things that are, are not, like maybe camping trips or hiking trips that are, are not going to be canceled, who are not going to show right. up to school that week. You know, I mean, they're like, so I don't know, who the, who knows? 
And again, that plays into our topic here about worrying is the big thing is who knows? I mean, we're slated to go back to school on April 7th, but there's just more and more cases being, uh, you know, put out, uh, not put out there. there. More and more people are testing positive. There have been more deaths. Uh, they are not just regulated to uh, older people. So I, I think even if they said, yes, we're going back April 7th, I'm not sure you'd see a lot of kids there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of their parents would be like, no way am I sending my yeah. kid into a building with 1,300 other kids. I mean, that, that ain't going to happen. Um, but again, it's 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 hard because, and I'm not immune to this either, It's it's hard when you wake up on a Monday morning and it's like, you're not going anywhere. There's nothing to do. There's nothing open. You're kind of looking out your window as I'm doing right now. I don't see anybody. Like, it's just, you know, you don't know what's going on. And the more time you have yeah. to think, the worse it gets. So, right, right. You know, it's kind of the worst of all worlds. Um, now, I would say, just not in relation to the coronavirus, but some people seem to wake up looking for things to worry about. It's funny how some people are wired. Like, some people don't worry about anything. They take risks. They're, they're fine with it. No problem. Other people are very, very risk-adverse. And still other people, con if there's nothing to worry about, they will come up with something to worry about. They'll think of oh, something. Well, and also, for some people, they're paralyzed by their fears and their worries and their anxieties. Yes. I, mean, I know people who have trouble getting out of bed. Like, not even joking around. Like, they're so filled with fear, anxiety, and worry, they have trouble getting out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Which inevitably leads to other problems. Yes. Which are there to worry about. It becomes a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, oftentimes, I, and then there's also um, wait, what's the OCD, right? Yes. Where, you know, you're you're like in lieu of this current situation where they're telling everybody to wash their hands incessantly. You know, washing your hands incessantly was an OCD disorder, like constantly thinking that you were going to get germs. I would say probably like checking your email incessantly that becomes very like OCD, like I'm missing out on something. Or Same like, thing with social media, yeah. all, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and probably checking for updates on the virus. Like I, I check for updates. I'm always kind of wondering what's going on. And if you're not... So a, do I. Yeah, if you're not... I'm, I'm work, almost at an overload. Like everything yeah. is coming, like in the media is jumping on this like a, like a cheap trick. I mean, they are just, you know... Yeah. Well, fear sells. I remember uh, there's a, a guy, he was in the Michael Moore documentary, Bowling for Columbine. And he wrote a book, I think it's called The Culture of Fear, and fear sells. Like fear sells guns, it sells uh, fake coronavirus testing kits, it sells home security systems. It sells the, uh, the working experience sells... immunity soap. <laughs> That's right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And the thing about chronic fear and worry is there's always going to be something. It's an endless rabbit hole. Like you can always come up financial insecurity, health issues, job loss, a child getting sick, a, a, a 
nasty boss. Like there's just always something to cause you anxiety. And, you know, we all worry about things. I mean, I worry about things, you know, it's very natural. Somebody who doesn't worry about anything, I would kind of be like, well, that must be nice, but you must be more insulated than I am. I mean, even people with millions of dollars are sometimes crippled by anxiety. Like they just... Oh, oh, they are certainly not immune to worry. Yeah. And I guess it's like if I have $10 million and I lose, I don't know, $3 million, I mean, for me, I'd be like, well, I still have $7 million. I never have to worry about anything. But they don't, they don't see it that way. It's, well, it's also a big misconception that a lot of people have that if you're filthy rich, all of your problems have dissipated and are non-existent. Like right. you're not filled with worry, anxiety, and fear. And that is categorically wrong. And there are people who grow up with nothing and they don't really worry about it. I mean, that's just life and, and they deal with it and they're you know relatively happy. I think it was Abraham Lincoln said, people are generally as happy as they make up their minds to be. And it's like, Correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's it's a, not it's always... a, I mean, it's it's a you have external factors, and then it's a decision how you're going to react to those, or well, how you're going to be in relation to that. Well, I, I think it's also a control thing. Like some people think if they worry about something, then like then they're kind of doing something about it, or or if they don't worry about it, something bad is going to happen. So it's right. like a and it's complete control. it's complete wasted mental energy worry. Yeah, it it is. And it's um it can really it, it's funny how that chronic worry can cause the things to happen that you are worried about. I remember hearing this was like five years ago, four years ago. Yeah, you almost like you almost like draw it to yourself. Well it's it's almost like you want it to come true to justify your anxiety. Right, because so, then you'd be right. Because then you're right. And it's like, okay, well, I suppose it's like a hypochondriac is never going to be satisfied until they are finally diagnosed with a disease. Then they'll feel good because they're like, I was right about that. I remember this woman, I'll just call her Sarah. I don't remember what her name was, but I heard her story on NPR. Uh, Very well-educated woman, corporate job. You know, so obviously she had, I think she had an MBA. Very well qualified for this job. Um, she's working there for, I don't know, maybe six months, something like that. And she feels like her, everybody's very unhappy with her. They're not happy with her performance. She's, she's not doing her job well. She's very overwhelmed. Um, so she kind of stops showing up to meetings. She, she doesn't complete projects. And eventually she gets fired because she was just not performing well. Um, right. Which fulfilled what she thought. Now, what she learned later was before that happened, her, her managers and whatnot were very pleased with her work, and she was in line for a promotion. Jeez. So she is like a classic. And, and this happens. Like, you get overwhelmed. You can't get out of bed in the morning. You start showing up late to work. You start not showing up. You call in sick. You don't get things done because you're so worried that you're not getting them done. Some people respond the other way. They start showing up for work at 5 a.m. They work, you know, 16 hours yeah, a what, day. So what do, they, what do they call That's the term like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Exactly. She was worried about losing her job. So guess what? She lost her job. She lost her job. That's where I think a therapist needs to step in. And you need to get some perspective on, 
on what happened because it's like well because they can't they just can't see what's directly in front of them and sometimes you need someone to just be like hey you know this is what you're doing to yourself right it'd be like look they are happy with what you're doing like or saying like do you have any evidence that they're not happy with you and it's like it's all perception like i don't know the way my boss looked at me or didn't say hello to me or like your boss could have eight million things on his or her mind that they're very stressed about it's got nothing to do with you that's you know people i think who worry they also maybe suffer a little bit from narcissism like everybody's aiming at them and it's like look you're a blip on their radar they have their own issues to deal with right right and you just end up sabotaging yourself like chronic anxiety i mean there there are people who this is a medical condition the way their brains are wired and release chemicals and things like that and they can take medication to deal with it um but it can just really have a, a devastating effect on people's careers their personal relationships this is why people turn to like overeating, over shopping, smoking, booze, drugs, just to like. Yeah, they try to try to deaden it. Yeah. To, now, I mean, this is not to say a certain amount of worry, a certain amount of anxiety can be useful. Like, you know, if you're you got a big job interview coming up, you got a big presentation coming up. You know, you stay up late the night before, making sure everything's in order. You prepare for the interview. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're an athlete, you work out. You know, you, you get yourself ready to go. But to me, it's sort of like fire or water. Like it can give you that edge. Like we need fire, we need water to survive, but it can turn on you. Like and it can get it out. Can of al- it can also kill you. Well, that's why you yeah. have to like. <clears throat> kind of like funnel that emotion like you you have to learn to it's not control it but almost like recognize that it's there it's like okay i'm nervous i'm anxious i have some fear but i'm gonna work through this right right and i mean you can overwork you know you can over train over prepare you know working 16 hours a day is not really healthy or sustainable i don't think and that can cause you anxiety i mean there's also the other you know i find sometimes people substitute worrying for work and it's like okay you have all this stuff piled up how about you just tackle some of it you know maybe spend like a half hour dealing with it that will probably help with your anxiety a bit you'll actually get something done like instead of saying oh my god i have so much work to do and then just watching television it's like okay you know (laughs) yeah you gotta do do a netflix binge yeah and avoid all of it um so dealing with it i mean it's and again this is you know people who uh you know suffer from it chronically they're not just using it as an excuse but i mean i think talking to somebody about it i mean at a job I would be worried about coming across as neurotic and being like, do you think the boss likes me or do you think I'm doing a good job? You know, am I, did I do well on A, B or C? Because unfortunately, some people will use that against you. 
Correct. I mean, and there's also, too, there's a healthy amount or a healthy level of, I'm going to use the word uh, worry, but fear. Like, you want to have a healthy amount of, of fear so you don't do something stupid, like jump off a bridge. Like, if you were fearless and thought that you were invincible, jump off a bridge, you're going to die. Right. I guess I would also say, like, um, you know, just blowing things off and, and not doing them. And it's like, well, no, you got to do something. <laughs> I mean, you got to, like, do the work for which you are paid and, you know, do that. And, um, uh, again, as you're saying, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine edge there. I mean, a certain amount of anxiety is good. It drives us. If we didn't have anything to worry about in our lives, our lives would probably be kind of empty. Like parents worry about their kids. You know, they worry about their health. And they, wor- and they should. I mean, you can't, if your child is coughing and, and has a fever, it's not healthy to say, oh, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. Um, but then there's also those parents who rush their kids to the doctor every time they sneeze. And, you know, it's like, all right, you're not really helping your child here. You're turning your child into a hypochondriac. Um, and, you know, there which are, is not good. No. And there are parents who hover over their kids and, and you know, have terrible anxiety. And they, I think they kind of put that into their kids. And, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not a healthy way to go through life and their parents probably did it to them and you know everything's a crisis and everything is uh you know gonna be just a terrible problem and it it, i mean obviously there are problems but i think most of them if you uh kind of um address them head on and do what you can it alleviates a lot of your anxiety and also recognizing that there are some things that are beyond our control, such as the coronavirus. I can't do a damn thing about it except, you know, wash my hands and try to stay away from large crowds. Beyond that, I don't yeah, but know you, but you still have the power to, you know, how you react to the coronavirus. You know, do you do you run out of your house naked, screaming like Matt does? Yes. Or do you calmly oil. listen? To- <laughs> down in Purell. <laughs> yeah, just you, you've got toilet paper rolls under your arms just screaming. <laughs> well, I mean, if right, if you're sitting inside all day checking, you know, having the news on and constantly checking updates, you're, you're going to feel anxiety. Like, and Oh, again, definitely. Just turn on the news. There's nothing you can do about it. Again, except your own personal, you know, uh, the way you live your own personal life. And I mean, you know, but, but I don't know, I guess people, it's again, like a sense of control. Like as long as I keep focusing on this, I have some semblance of control over it. And you really don't. I mean, it's, you know, the news thrives on uh, people watching it. And so they're going to constantly say, you know, breaking news, Corona updates, where there may be no new news. It's the same thing you already heard. It's just kind of repackaged and and ramped up. Um, now, I would also say uh, in dealing, I mean, obviously there's, there's meditation, there's yoga, there's medication if that's needed, you know, obviously consulting a doctor. I mean, if, you, if you're staying up all night, every night, you cannot sleep and you're so riddled with anxiety, it might be worth going to the doctor and saying, look, I'm 
you know, this is driving me crazy. It's affecting my job performance and my my life. You know, and the doctor says, okay, let's try, you know, Prozac or let's try Valium or something like that. And right, that can right. help. Um, but there are also some people who, uh, and again, this is probably not a medical thing, but they may need, like, like if you hate your job, and your boss is an absolute psycho, and you're miserable there, uh, I would say no amount of medication or yoga or meditation is going to change that. Meaning that you may need to make a life change. Like, you may need to, like... It's like a, a, a toxic relationship. Like, if you come to the realization that this person is never going to change and they're incessantly cheating on you and they're taking money from your bank account and all of that, they're not going to change and you just need to get out of that relationship. There's no reason to, you know, try to fix it or pursue it or, or worry about it. Um, it's not easy for people to just walk away from their job. I don't mean to be uh, glib about that and say, we'll just change jobs. But it might be worth looking into alternatives. Again, if you're just doing the same thing every day and it's causing you all this terrible stress and anxiety... Um, that's going to continue. So making a life change might be what's in order. Yeah. And, you know, drugs might just be, you know, not, not hitting the underlying problem. You know, they're trying to deal with the outcome of that worry, fear, and anxiety. And you just keep on, you know, popping more pills. I remember a friend of ours that we graduated with. I think he was dating this woman briefly. This is a lot. This is maybe 20 years ago. And she was complaining about her job. She really didn't like it. And um, it was really causing her a lot of stress. And she just didn't like, not the good kind of stress. She just didn't like it. And um, so our mutual friend said, well, why don't you consider, you know, are you going to change jobs or something? And she said, no, I think I'm just going to get my doctor to prescribe Prozac for me. No. <laughs> it's like, I mean, she was pretty young at the time. She was in her 20s. And it's like, in a college-educated woman, it's like, you have options. So my next point was going to be some people, and this is where self-reflection and maybe therapy are important, they're happy being unhappy. Like, they're, they're happy. Oh, you would be surprised how many people are happy being unhappy. Yeah. Or at least, maybe happy is not the right word, but it satisfies. It, Satisfying, it, right. Right. Or it's something they know. It's something they understand. It's something they're comfortable There's a comfort with. to it. Right. Like, yeah. life is just endless misery. This is what it is. <laughs> And, and that's it, you know, and they're kind of fatalistic about it. And they're, they're comfortable. You know, if you said, look, I, I'm going to give you $50,000 so you can take a year and you can kind of revamp things and, and move into a new career, get some more school. Whatever, you know, they, they like wouldn't do it. They'd be like, no, nah, you know, nah. <laughs> just gonna, I was going to ride this one out. I remember, it's, it's like that that well-worn groove of life. There's yeah. a comfort in that. Yeah, go to the same place, see the same people. Everybody complains and, you know, bitches and moans about their job and their boss and can't stand it and blah, blah, blah. But it's what they know. It's satisfying. Again, like that woman losing her job, probably on some level, really satisfied her. She was like, see? I mean, there, there are people who despise people who are happy. Mm-hmm. 
I can't stand people who are happy. They're very bitter, very cynical, and they're just like, life sucks, and I can't stand stand those people. I'm like, you know what? Your misery is like a, it's like a contagious disease, and you just want to spread it to everyone. Well, I mean, to be honest, I used to, it used to bother me when people were overtly happy. Because I always took it as them being fake or putting like a face on. I was like, no one could be that happy, you know. So it was more like a, a bothersome trait. But now, if someone's really happy, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have nothing um, against them, more power to them. Anything that's going well in someone's life, I'm like, good. You know, more more power to you. I remember you used to tell me you wanted to slap that big grin right off my face. I'd just be, <laughs> I'd just be having exactly. a big old smile. Well, there are some people who I feel like it's an act, and it's a sign of, like, kind of depression. I yeah, it's I a sign of... That. There is. That does exist. Yeah. That does exist. I think in but Japan, I used to... I, that was, like, a blanket generalization right. for anyone who was happy, which right. was not the right way to look at it. I... Uh, I think there's a name for it in Japan. It's, it like roughly translates into the smiling disease. Like it's a sign of deep, right. deep depression. Like going off every day to your job that you hate and slapping a big old grin on your face. Oh, hey! God. That's just so depressing. Hey! Getting all out you're there. Try, you, anytime you're trying to convince yourself to be happy. Oh. Well, I mean, that's, that's Instagram. You scroll through Instagram and it's like, oh, my God. If you're going to be the first millionaire in your family, tap if you agree. Like, oh, I've, I've tapped on that <laughs> so many doing, times. Yeah, but it hasn't happened. I don't understand. What's, yeah, what's, what's how's going this supposed on? to work? <laughs> then the next book, the next lecture, I'm there. Yeah, front right roll. there. How to flip houses, how to sell real estate. Yeah. How to con- There's a video on YouTube. It's called... Something like seven ways to get people to like you. (laughs) (laughs) And see, I do all seven of them, and I'm like, I don't understand. People still can't stand me. And people hate me. And I explain it to them. I'm like, no, I did this, I did this, I did this, all one through seven. And if you don't like me, it's your problem, because I did the steps. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah, there are some people who I I kind of feel like that relentless positivity. I'm like, okay, okay, I, I got it. And I understand you probably read some self-help book or something like that. And, you know, you're, you're putting that into practice. And I, I guess I would have to say... Um, well, I think that people who are truly happy and content, they, they really don't want or need anything from anyone no and that comes off like the um you know if you're constantly wanting something from other people like attention or money you fill in the blank that is just the one of the worst ways to go about trying to connect with someone or this, trying to be just, happy it, yeah, or trying to be happy you never correct. will be I mean, it's just you'll never win. It's like you don't need it's thinking that you need external factors to be happy is a recipe for complete and other human failure. Yes. Like if I have a boat 
and then I go to the marina, and the next guy has the bigger boat. Now I'm not happy. I'm destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Destroyed. And I may have loved that boat, you know, last summer, but now this summer, nope. And it's not because I don't, it's not the boat. It's just that that guy has a bigger boat. It's not my boat. Right. And right. yeah, it, it becomes the hamster on the treadmill. Um, and, you know, I, I guess when, you, when it really comes down to it, there's no arguing with someone who's happy. Like if they have $500 in the bank or $500,000 in the bank, they're happy. And, it, you know, for, I think it's other people who are unhappy, who are always trying to give you the recipe for happiness. It's like, there isn't one like you decide if you're happy or you're not if you're content. right it's a de- it's a decision right and being being appreciative i would say is is a big part of it too like i ate big today. part of it appreciation gratitude for what you head. have now like not what you're gonna have but right. what you have right now yeah and i think this contributes to a lot of people's worries and anxieties like i don't have a big enough house i don't have an expensive enough car like i made I don't know, $100,000 last year, but it's it's not enough. Like, it's like, man, there are people who make $20,000 a year and, you know. I th- yeah, I think it's like if you make th- over $33,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. Yeah, and they've done studies on, like, making over a certain amount of money, your happiness. I mean, obviously, you need a baseline of food, shelter, and, and, and you know, being able to take vacations is good. And all of that, you know, money and happiness are not totally divorced from each other, just to be realistic about that. No. But over a certain amount, you know, it's not, I mean, look at Bernie Madoff, man. Look at the way his life ends. Yeah, and it doesn't solve everyone's problems. No. Having access to better health care, obviously that does. Um, It it just kind of made me chuckle listening to the outrage over like NBA players and rich people, you know, being able to get tested for the coronavirus before everybody else. And I'm like, are you new around here? Rich people <laughs> get better health care than people who are not rich. That's always been true since there were people. Like, what, what is this? Yes, a, a multi-millionaire NBA player is going to have access yeah. to better health care than you. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry it, it, that, it is what it is. It is what it is. So why worry about it? Like, why get outraged about that? Is me, you know, getting all pissed about, uh, who is it, Kevin Harding? Is that who it is? He got tested positive for coronavirus. Like, is me Kevin, worrying about that? Is that his name? Kevin Harding? Yeah. I don't know. He's a, he's a basketball I know, may, player. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um because so, there's a there's a couple of basketball players that tested positive. I think there's many. Uh, well, I should say maybe like around ten or twelve, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That is over a dozen. That particular sport seemed to get hit particularly hard. Uh, well, there was that guy who went around touching all the microphones and all that. That was a good move. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. He's, he's going to be that Mr. clip, Mister Popularity, uh, among his teammates and everybody else. Um, So I would say, you know, self-reflection is important, what your priorities are, Uh, you know, and again, if someone's happy uh, in what they're doing, I mean, that's kind of a different topic, but um, I think, you know, some worry, I won't say all worry, but a good amount of worry is brought upon ourselves. Like, again, I don't have this, I don't have that, 
worrying all the time about money. I mean, again, if you have kids and you're trying to raise them, money is obviously a concern for most people and and all of that. But make sure that you're not wallowing in it. Like, make sure you're not constantly bringing up more things to worry about. And, and again, putting yourself in a situation that's miserable simply so you can worry about it and you can kind of fulfill all those prophecies. Yeah, I mean, so just, just be, be happy. I, th- I think that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good good way to, to, to wrap this up is Boom. be happy. Job done. John just solved all your problems. Just be happy. Be happy. Yeah. Get one of those happy t-shirts. <laughs> put, on, put on a fake smile and you're all good to go. Put on Bobby Pat on the Mc- back. Put on Bobby McFerrin excessively yeah. all the time. Don't worry. Be happy. Just listen to that. You're fine. Yeah. Just keep it on loop at the house. I think you really missed your calling as a therapist. Oh, I'm I'm definitely t- miss my calling, man. I'm starting up. Uh, I'm starting up <laughs> therapy sections. <laughs> I mean, you're not a you're not a licensed therapist. You don't have a degree. I don't or... like the I don't like the term licensed no, no. certifications. No. <laughs> all of that. That's all messy between myself and my patients. Yeah, you'll uh, your therapy sessions last about well, I don't know five minutes or so. <laughs> Look, yeah, just get over it. I like the terms like general practitioner, yes. general. Yeah. I'm sure there's some BS, you know, like uh, term people use, like, um, I don't know, you're sort of a holistic therapy. Yeah. Listen, I can, get a de- I can get a degree from Nicaragua or Ecuador. Like- <laughs> you can just go online. Just go online, get a degree. Yes. I could be a on. therapist tomorrow. Yeah. I think I'd be good. I'd sit there with my pipe. And my glasses being like, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing to that's offer. That's it. Did you're you just ever see... doodling in your book. Yeah. Did you ever see that Curb Your Enthusiasm with Steve Coogan? When he's, yes. He's Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, Hilarious. deliver your wife that holds a <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like the worst therapist. And then she gets all mad and moves out. Or no, he's if you don't move back in with me, the marriage is over. Or oh, are hilarious. And then Larry's like, it didn't work. And he, Steve Coogan's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's surprised. Yeah, he's like, I, I would say a lot of therapists are, I mean, therapy can be very, very valuable. But I would say a lot of therapists must be sitting there like, oh, my God. God, yeah, God, get me, get me out of here. Move on with your life. <laughs> yeah, Jesus we're still on the same topic. Five this. years in. <laughs> no, like what is up with this? All right, we all had overbearing parents. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus it is what it is. Right, that would be you. Look, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, be happy. Quit whining happy. about it. Just quit yeah, yeah. What, what I do is that's what I do. I'd listen. I'd sit down. I'd collect my seven hundred dollars for sitting there for an hour. Yeah. And then my advice would be happy, and then I'd hand my book over the be happy book <laughs> be and make happy. them pay for it. I'd add it to the bill. It, it seemed like I'd given it to them for free, but right. when they got my bill, it would be on there, plus shipping and handling, oh, sure. even though I gave them the book. Yeah, well, and you might want to consider dealing in cash. It just sort of yeah, gets yeah, around cash all these is the pesky best. IRS issues. And yeah, yeah right, pesky. exactly. Hey, listen, if a woman can set up a plastic surgery office in her apartment in Queens. Yeah, I remember then that. I can set up a therapy office here. I remember a woman was suing her 
because the Botox implants, strangely enough, didn't work very well. This is a, a real story. Whoopsie. No, I know. I read it. I yeah. read it. And it's like, well, if you're going to an apartment in Queens... That's get... the first red flag right there. <laughs> Their kids are running around. Oh. And the, the woman's like, Jeffrey, get, get the syringe from... <laughs> don't worry, I'm boiling the syringe. You'll be fine. All right, everybody. Listen, don't worry. Be happy. Put it all in perspective. Listen to this podcast multiple times. I mean, that'll eat up some time right there that you'd be worrying. Yeah, right? <clears throat> be ha- be happy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start a site, a little therapy site, very, very reasonably priced. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> very reasonably <clears throat> priced. <laughs> and, and you can pay in installments. That's fine, too. Install, installments is fine. Cash yeah. is better. Yeah. yeah Cash is always good. There'll be a little interest on the installments. Well, my reaction to anxiety and stress is generally to take a nap. So it's about 9.30 in the morning. I'll be uh, going down for a nap now. That's what I'll be prescribing everybody, taking naps. Nap. Multiple naps. Just sleep through the day. If All your worries will be gone. <laughs> if you're asleep, you're not worrying about anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back at you real soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.